ribbon still tied in a knot from the last time she'd worn it, half a century before. A single pressed rose was visible through the thin layer of tissue in which it lay. Ralph had given her the rose as a corsage one night at a ritzy white tie affair at St. Regis Hotel. Under the tissue, the dried-out petals were feather-light. There was the shell-like gold compact she'd been so proud of when she was twenty-five. The gold paint tarnished now, and the pinky powder nothing but a dusty remnant on the inside rim. There was red lipstick in its black and gold case, Manhattan red. It had been all the rage in 1944, a colour to brighten lips and hearts. There were love letters, too, from her beloved Ralph some with humble elastic bands around them, others bound with ribbon. He'd loved writing letters and cards. There was permanence in the written word, he'd believed. One was the letter he'd penned when their daughter Naomi was born, an incredible forty-five years ago. I will love you and our daughter forever, he'd concluded. She knew it by heart. Eleanor's fingers brushed the filmy folded paper, but she didn't open it. She couldn't bear to see the words written in Ralph's neat, precise hand. Perhaps she'd be too sad ever to read his letters again. There were drawings and cards from her daughter Naomi, so infinitely precious with their big childish writing. Though it seemed so long ago since Naomi had written them, they still made Eleanor's heart sing. Naomi had been such a beautiful-hearted child, and she'd grown up into an equally wonderful adult. The third important thing in her treasure box was another collection of writings, her mother's recipe book. Originally, it had been covered with simple brown card, but decades ago, Eleanor had glued shiny Christmas wrapping paper onto the cover, and now faded golden stars twinkled alongside burnished red and green holly sprigs. The extra pages, added over the years, made the book bulky, and a lavender-wooled crocheted rope kept the whole thing tied together. It was all handwritten in her mother's sloping italics, sometimes in pencil which had faded with age, sometimes in the deep blue ink her mother had favoured. Like Ralph's letters and Naomi's innocent little notes in their awkward writing, the recipe book was a source of huge comfort, a talisman to be held close to her chest when her heart was breaking. It had comforted Eleanor all her life, and it comforted her now. Nobody glancing at the battered recipe book would guess at the wisdom inside it. People, especially people today, thought that wisdom had to come from experts with letters after their names. Eleanor herself had plenty of those. The hoop psychoanalysts had to jump through meant half an alphabet could go after Eleanor Levine's name. But two things had taught Eleanor that people with little academic history often knew more than the most scholarly person. One was her mother, Bridget. The other was her own vast experience of life. Eleanor was now 83, and she'd lived those 83 years with gusto. Bridget had taught her to do that, and so much more. 
Eleanor had been schooled at some of the finest universities in the United States. While her mother had scraped merely a few years of education in a tiny Connemara village school, where each of the children had to bring a sod of turf every day to keep the fire alight. Yet Bridget had been born with all the wisdom of the earth in her bones, and a kindness in her heart that meant she saw the world with a forgiving eye. During her years working as a psychoanalyst in New York, Eleanor had discovered that bitterness ate away at people's insides just as effectively as any disease. People spent years in therapy simply to learn what Bridget O'Neill had known instinctively. The recipe book was where she'd written all of this wisdom down for her daughter. At some point, the recipes in the little notes she'd written in the margins had taken on a life of their own.